You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 122. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, JC Lee Pulford. If you are new, welcome, welcome. I appreciate you taking time to listen out of your day as we have been having some incredible conversations surrounding the theme, Praise Him. We have about two weeks before the end of the season with next Monday being our last episode of season seven, and then our break begins. I'm not exactly sure when the next season, season eight, is going to start after this. I definitely want to take time to pray and prepare like I usually do in between seasons. So I'm estimating at least two months. So we'll probably come back closer to August, but stay tuned for that. Follow me on Instagram. You'll see um, my posts and my announcements at Hello Awesome Live. Before we get into this episode, I have been changing up the intro a little bit. I hope you guys have been enjoying it because I want to add more interactive elements. I want you guys to really feel like this is your podcast too. The Lord is doing amazing things here and you guys tell me all sorts of things that I wish I could share with everybody. So I couldn't have lasted seven seasons without you guys and all your support. So thank you, first of all, so very much for showing up with me every week. I do appreciate it so, so much. I want to get into some reviews that were sent in. And the first one comes from my girl, Jaina Floyd, who is always so sweet and supportive. Jaina sent me a message and she said, episode with Vanessa Carpenter Perales shook me to my core and set me reeling for hours. Ultimately, what remained after processing the mental images of what Vanessa shared is the necessity of self-forgiveness and the untapped power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. If Vanessa can thrive after what she and her family experienced, what can separate us from the love of God? So, so true, Jaina. I am so excited that you got that from that episode because I definitely got that as well. I know for a lot of you out there, you have expressed to me that it was very difficult going through the episode, listening to Vanessa's story, and I understand that. We thrive on human connection and we could connect with her fear and her scary trauma, but this is real life, unfortunately, for a lot of people, and so I felt the need to share that. And I did highly edit that episode because there were a lot of parts that I felt didn't need to be shared. Vanessa was very, very strategic about what she spoke about, and she really brought it back to the whole point, and that is that God is still good and he is still holy. So, of course, thank you again, Vanessa, for sharing your heart with us. I know that your episode touched so many lives. I just want to let you guys know that Vanessa truly has enjoyed sharing her story, and so if you wanted to reach out with her, Uh, you can do so on Instagram. Go back to that episode and there's a link. So the next review I wanted to share is from Elizabeth Penna. I don't know how to say your last name, but I see you come up and comment many, many times and I truly appreciate it. And Elizabeth says, I love your podcasts. They are very motivating, inspiring, and uplifting. It's very helpful because I can relate to most of the things that are said on your podcasts. Also, it's very nice because I can listen to your podcast while working out, doing errands, and etc. So thank you very much for your podcast. Well, you are very welcome. I also love podcasts. It's actually why I wanted to start a podcast, one of the reasons. 
Anytime I work around the house, especially laundry or dishes or, you know, those chores that you really don't want to do, podcasts kind of get me through. And you're being encouraged. You're being fed as you serve. And so I appreciate that, Elizabeth. And I know a lot of you do that as well. If you listen to your podcast while you are doing work or while you are out and about or whatever, please take a little selfie. Tag me on Instagram. Let me know where you guys are listening to your podcast this week. I think that would be really fun to see what everybody is doing and how different our lives are or maybe how similar our lives are. But we are tied together through this podcast and the stories that are shared. So thank you again, Elizabeth. If you guys listen to the podcast in iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you could leave a five-star review and let me know how you have been blessed. You can also DM me the review on Instagram at HelloAwesomeLive. I also want to encourage you to leave a voice memo as well. All you have to do is when you go into your DMs on Instagram, when you go to DM me, there is a little microphone icon at the bottom of the DM and you can record your message. You have to do that a few times, but I will put them together and I can add it to a future episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on any past episodes. Uh, If you have any burning questions, if they're biblical related or podcast related or anything, arts or books or whatever else that I do, guys, send me your feedback. I want more. I want to put your voices and your words and your stories on this podcast. So um, maybe there was a guest that has impacted you. I would love to add your voice to the podcast because you guys are a huge part of this as well. All right, so this week's guest is a talented musician, a loving wife and mother, the amazing Rachel French. You may recognize her name because she sings with her husband, Nathan, who is also a fellow podcaster. Shout out the Noteworthy Podcast. And in this episode, Rachel shares pieces of her faith journey that she hasn't really shared before on a platform like this. If you've ever experienced grief, loss, confusion, and disappointment, you are definitely not alone. And Rachel's words are going to uplift you today. So here we go, friends. This is episode number 122 that I am calling Give It Your All with Rachel French. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Before we get started, let me share some amazing deals from a few friends of mine. California-based, female-owned, modest boutique Skirt Society has hand-picked pieces perfect for all sizes. For a limited time, use code HELLO10 for 10% off your next order at theskirtsociety.com. From hoodie sets to jumpers, up your fashion game this season. If you're trying to tame your mane like I am, it is time to invest in Uncut. Uncut offers a variety of hair care cleansing and strengthening products that will help restore and renew your long locks. Use code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from UncutHairCare.com today. Are you looking for modest clothing that's both high quality and affordable? Pencil skirts, layer tops, lace extenders, and more can be found at Nuggles. 
You can also find the cutest, modest options for grade school age girls. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off your purchase at www.nuggles.us. That's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S and stock up for all your layering needs. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. JC here. I've been incredibly blessed to have talked to awesome women of God this season. And this next guest is the cherry on top for me when it comes to talking about praise. Rachel French, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so grateful for your ministry and for you. And I would love it if you could just please share with everybody listening a little bit more about who you are and what you do. JC, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is this is incredible. I've been so excited about this. I've loved following you and I just feel so honored and and crazy excited. I feel like a fangirl <laughs> and uh, I'm just excited to be able to be a part of this. What an incredible ministry it is. Podcasting is a ministry. It truly is. And I'm so mm-hmm. thankful that God is using you to reach so many people and he's doing great things. I hear about your podcast a lot. So I, um, you know, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm so thankful for this. So thank you for what you do. So, um, so yeah, a little bit about me. My name is Rachel French. I'm a true Georgia peach. I've spent most of my life in, in Georgia and I have loved it so much. I, I truly have. I, um, I was not one of those that, uh, grew up and, and, had the mentality of, I can't wait to get out of here. Like I truly love Georgia. I always have. I grew up as a PK in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. So I truly had to travel 20, 30 minutes to get to a Walmart. I mean, that's just how, how in the middle of nowhere I was. And I loved that too. But, um, but after I graduated high school, I went to a local state college that happened to be in my hometown. And, um, when I, when I was there, that was a, that was a big part of my story. God called me into campus ministry. And at the time I didn't even know CMI was a thing. It was, um, it was not as well known at the time, but I was able to be introduced to that and help establish a campus ministry on, on my campus. Um, I was there for a few years and I met and married my husband, Nathan French, he had moved to Georgia and um, he had heard that we had a campus ministry and he came and asked me if he could play guitar. And I was more than happy to have um, a guitarist, a worship leader come in. It, I knew it was just going to take our, you know, our meetings to the next level. And yeah. uh, well, I ended up marrying him <laughs> and we've been married for eight years. And we have two little boys. Judah is four and Ezra is two. And Nathan and I have been so privileged to serve in many areas of ministry together for our local church and for our district. We've been the music directors and youth pastor for our church, Apostolic Tabernacle, since we've been married. So again, eight years. And then um, on a district level, my husband is the youth secretary for our state. So we get to spend a large portion of our summer 
at the campgrounds with the best students in the world. I love it so, so much. It, it's been, you know, the campgrounds was a big part of my life growing up. And I love that I get to be a big part of the lives of the students that are there and I'm getting to raise my kids on the campgrounds. It's, it's really wonderful. So in addition to all of those things, God has also opened doors for us to write and record music, which has allowed us to be a part of some really cool things. So praise God for all that he's entrusted us with. I'm, I'm thankful. And that's, uh, um, my story in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love just how awesome that God is and how he just kind of develops things in your life without you even trying. <laughs> yeah, he and absolutely did. That's so incredible. I love that love story. That's very sweet. And for it to, to for it to be, you know, ministry that brought you guys together. It really is a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. It it's special. It's a special story to tell cuz um, you know, campus ministry was my heartbeat and mm-hmm. for him to come in, I really didn't expect how the story would go. I truly thought that we, you know, we were working in campus ministry, but it was a few weeks in and he he had asked me to go and have coffee with him and it was one of those things, and I know this isn't the case for every story um, mm-hmm. with couples, but I knew when he asked me for a second date, I knew, and I felt peace about it, you know, yeah. so I knew that that was going to be who I was going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. And that that's a special story. It's special for me, for sure. That's so cute. That's awesome. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people probably know that part of your story, especially the campus ministry part. That's that part is really exciting to hear. Thank you. So, you know, this podcast season, we're talking about praise him. And we've heard from really tragic stories and how people can still praise the Lord, even in the dark times. We've heard some, you know, just really beautiful, life-changing stories that uh, people just have learned how to praise the Lord uh, throughout it all. And I was thinking about, you know, your musical journey just from my point of view, which I don't know half of it, of course. And I would love it if you could just kind of summarize for us how your musical journey started. So I'll tell you for me personally, for Rachel, I know Nathan and I, we do music together and we both have different stories of how we got to where we are. And so for me personally, Mm -hmm. my musical journey started at nine years old. My mom is a very talented musician and she was the only musician in our church when I was a child. My dad took a church right before my ninth birthday and, um, and there were, I think six people in the church at that time. And, uh, when we went in, my mom was, she was the only musician and she taught me basic chords and put me on the piano while she played the organ. And if she was playing the piano, I sang and, and really that's how it started. But I do remember so vividly when I was 10, I think it was the very next summer that I was in a 
powerful service in our camp meeting. It was just, I remember the whole week. It was just such a powerful week, but Mm -hmm. I remember where I was standing in the altar area when God called me. And it was the first time I truly had felt God was calling me to something. And I felt it was to music ministry. And so I just started getting plugged in. I knew, I knew it was the Lord that had directed me to music. So if there was a camp choir and I was able to sing in it, I sang in it. And if I could sing or watch someone play the piano in rehearsals or in church, I did even. Okay. So this is a really fun fact. Okay. This kind of goes back a little bit and it's kind of a random rabbit trail, but this is a fun (laughs) fact that truly nobody knows. I mean, a very select handful of people know this, but before any of this started, then I knew that music was going to be a ministry in my life. I recorded an album and I cannot remember how old I was, probably seven. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was on a cassette tape and it was the most country version of songs you have ever heard in your entire life. I I don't know that I want it to surface. (laughs) I don't really, (laughs) I don't want it to revive. Um, It's funny. And um, I did find it. My mom was moving at one point and I came across the cassette and Nathan said, oh, we've got to listen to this. And I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Thankfully, not too many people have cassette tapes anymore. So even if it did surface, then it would not be heard. But, um, but that was, it's such a funny part of my story, you know, because Mm -hmm. here I was as a, a child and my mom was like, Hey, we could record you singing. And we did. And it was, you know, I'm sure there's a few people in the world that probably still have that, but, um, but that's a, that's my personal start to the journey was I, you know, I started in church at a young age and it just kept going from there. I became the music director in my church as a teenager. And, um, and then when I got married, Nathan and I, um, are, have been the music directors at our church and, then we've been recording music. And so it's just been, like you said, it's just kind of developed over time. Like God has been like here. Okay. So you've done that now. Here you go. Here's, here's another thing to do. And it's just, it's been super cool. I love that. Everything about that story, first of all, is super cute and hilarious. Uh, But it also gives me hope too, for just the next generation. And, and, you know, I do see a lot of young, you know, kids in my church just loving getting started in music and you always wonder like are they gonna keep with it I mean my oldest is nine now and I just started piano lessons piano lessons with him I don't know how to play an instrument it's just not how my brain works I just I don't do that I'm definitely a singer songwriter but uh, somebody else plays the the music for me Uh, But I've always wanted to learn, but I got him started and just to see that light bulb go off and Mm -hmm. the eagerness just to learn, even when he messes up, he just keeps trying and keeps trying. And I love that. And to know that that's how it started for you, just kind of getting put on the piano and you just make mistakes, but you got to figure it out. You got to. And I think that's what we kind of need now, you know, in this next generation is we need kids to just try something. You know, and if they yeah. mess up, it's okay. Just keep trying, especially when it comes to learning music and, you know, maybe there's a calling on their life. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. So when you're thinking about your journey and all the different experiences that you have, I would love to know what is something so far that God has taught you about leading others in worship and praise? Well, I feel like one lesson I've learned in this area is not to assume how others are being ministered to based on their expression of worship. That's good. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, um, so I am a very openly emotional worshiper, if that makes sense. Like I just, I love to worship and I tend to worship big and mm-hmm. it's just part of my personality and, and what I love to do. And I appreciate those who worship openly. It's super encouraging to a worship leader for people to respond as they lead worship. You know, I love having churchy church. I love that. But, um, you know, when you're responding to people leading a worship, it's not because of the worship leader. It's because, you know, we're, we're all worshiping together and you can feel the unity in the room. We're all in one place worshiping the one true God and we're fighting battles together and pray, praise and worship. However, I do feel though, we can, we can be discouraged by the lack of response by a crowd of people when really we don't know how they may be ministered to in that moment. It could be in church that you're singing and you feel the Holy Ghost and you've got, you know, a whole section of the church that hasn't really moved too much. And it can be like, why? <laughs> if I'm just being in full transparency, yeah. you know, if I'm just being honest, yeah. as a worship leader, it can, right. you can get in your head about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like we, we just can't assume how they're being ministered to, because it could be that a certain song is ministering to them in that moment in a really deep way where they really need it. And they go home and they hear that song on repeat in their mind. And it's just helping them through a season that we don't know about. And they're not talking about, you know what I mean? You know, we could be singing wait on the Lord by James Wilson. And that person goes home and has the words of that song just ringing in their head. And we need that, you know, maybe they got in the car and they started crying in private with the Lord because they needed, they needed that worship. They needed to feel the, you know, how it felt when the army of the Lord was worshiping together, it uplifted them even when they didn't feel like they could that day. Do you know what I mean? Does that, is that making sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is making sense for sure. We never, we just never know an impact that can be made in a single song or a single service, a single day. And that's why it's so important that as worship leaders, or even if you're not the one just leading that day, you're, um, you're on the platform, you're singing in the, on the praise team, you're a musician and maybe you can barely even be seen, you know, you're in the, the drum cage and they can barely see you, but it's so important for us to be in tune with the Holy ghost and the leading of the spirit in a church service, because our emotions on the platform could cause us to be more of a distraction than a help. We have to come in ready. You know, I've, yeah. I feel like it's really important that we're there 
praying before service, before anybody gets there, even before practice, making sure you go into a music practice prayed up because I don't ever want to be the one, me, I have made a decision. I don't ever be, want to be the one who gets in the way of somebody receiving a miracle that day of somebody's life being changed right. and worship in a service can lead us to a place where the, you know, when the word comes forth that we can receive it the way we mm -hmm. need to. So that's, that's just one thing that I feel like I have learned and applied. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I do think it's something that, you know, should probably discuss the uh, more. Um, I think it's very important for all of us to just never assume what God is doing in somebody's life just based on their outward emotion or, you know, lack of emotion. Um, no. I think of times when I was, you know, like a mom with a toddler and a baby mm -hmm. and there was no way I could worship as the way that I wanted to because my arms were just so full and things fall on the church floor. They roll up to a different pew. You right, got somebody right. throwing something and diaper changes. And there's just, sometimes there's other distractions, mm -hmm. but I do remember times when I've left the service and I'm home, but I remember those songs. And so the, yeah. the, that night I'm rocking the baby and the worship service is kind of replaying in my mind. And so I end up having my own at home. And I, I, I was resonating with what you were saying with my own experiences, because it is true. We don't really know what people are going through or, or when they're going to have their moment. And it might not be right there during the worship service when, when you're leading. But like you said, if we could just be prayerful and not not be, you know, an extra distraction and, and just allow God to work. That's just so super important. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Cause this actually goes along with the next question that I have about getting yeah. distracted easily because it's true. We just have so much going on. We're busy people. I think there's just a lot of things vying for our attention, whether it's technology. Now we have it on our watches we have it in our pockets it's just normal un unfortunately unfortunately uh, there's good and bad to that um and sometimes that happens during worship sometimes we can just get easily distracted and i didn't know if you have any uh just advice on how we could maybe be more present and intentional when we are at a worship service and we, we feel like we're getting kind of distracted. Well, my brain goes in so many different directions on this one because it, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, because we can be distracted by so many things like what you were saying on, on a very practical side of things. You know, I, I am a mother of a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So if I am sitting in a pew with them during worship, I have to, you know, I, I do try to work to be intentional about my kids worshiping, but they also want to run up on the platform and sing their big solo or they right. want to do flips in the aisle. They want to show off their latest karate moves all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, right. It's the a, perfect it's time. <laughs> yeah. I feel sometimes I feel in church when I, in the, in the middle of a very powerful 
worship service and you know, I'm worshiping and I'm correcting and worshiping and correcting. And I just want to stop and laugh at myself because there's no telling what it looks like. Cause I'm like, oh my yes, yes, Lord, hallelujah. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I said, stop. You know, <laughs> this, yes. hallelujah. You yes. go right back to it. And it's this, just this whole hilarious scene, but mm-hmm. we do have to be in digital. We have to work so hard to mm-hmm. be present. And then I've been on the side of things where um, production can be distracting, you know, especially yeah. now more than ever, because we are set up for live streams. So right. uh, sound issues are a global problem. It's not just my church. I know it's not <laughs> <laughs> that the sound system all of a sudden decides to explode, you know, yeah. no joke. We had a concert in November. It's called Exalt. And one of our subs exploded in the middle of our big concert. No I mean, way. I cannot believe that there wasn't a fire that started. And our sound, it's a long story, but our sound kept cutting off and we would just lose power. And we had flown in these artists and we were having powerful church. And it seemed like every set we would just keep losing. And it was a whole thing that we That's thought wild. we had resolved and it was wild and God worked in spite of it all, but that can be really distracting and mm-hmm. it can make you, you know, on, on my side of things, you know, my, in, in the flesh, I could be like, you know what, let's just stop. Like service yeah. is over. It's done. We can't hear anything. You do anyway, feel like that. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you want to just move on, but we just kept powering through and I was so thankful for our worship leaders that came in that night too, because they didn't let it stop them either. They kept going and that encouraged the audience of people to keep going too. you know, instead of being like, what is going on? They were coming up to the front, you know, just not going to let anything distract them. They were just going to worship. And if we have to just sing without any music and sing the same course or the bridge over and over and over again, that's what we're going to do because we came for a purpose and it wasn't just to be entertained that particular night. It was a concert, but it was a worship concert. So it was more than that, you know, and over the past couple of years, I feel like we have changed our perspective on when we come to events like that, because we need it so much. We yeah. need to be united. We need to be worshiping with the body of Christ. We need the fellowship. And that was just such a beautiful thing. So, you know, I get on all sides and then I've also sat in church and wondered, did I turn the crock pot on this morning? So are we going to have lunch <laughs> when we get home today? You know, right. did I leave this candle on? You know, it's a Wednesday night. Did I, for- did I forget to do this? Is my house going to be you know, (laughs) okay. When we get home and you have all these little things that just keep coming to your mind. Like I need to go get groceries. And it, it just seems like we can have so many distractions, you know, and that's just Mm -hmm. the list. You didn't ask me what the distractions were. You asked me how to fix them, but I'm just amused (laughs) at how many different ways we can be distracted. So I will say this, there are a couple of ways that we can really just destroy distractions on a music uh, team perspective, I would say, come prepared, you know, and there are Sundays where I'm not on the music team. I get, 
I get to bring my kids to Sunday school and I'm sitting in the pew with them. And I love that I get to do that. I truly do. And there are a couple of things that I can share that can just help all of us. I think this is a a general, um, this is across the board, you know, for sure. But um, I feel like um, this is a funny statement, but the early bird gets the worm. So when we come to church, try to come early and pray, get there early enough to Mm. get settled and take a few minutes to breathe and get your mind on the Lord. Everything else can just wait for the next couple of hours. And that really, that applies at home too. Sometimes we just have to get up a little earlier and I am not a morning person. And sometimes I feel like that is easier said than done. But when I get up before my family and, and pray, and I I don't get on social media, I don't worry about anything that's going on in the world. I just go in my living room and pray and I have to be intentional to read my Bible. It is easy to get in a habit of first thing you do in the morning is start scrolling social media, you know, Mm -hmm. and really there have been days where I have done that. And I think, why did I do that? (laughs) I was not ready for this. I wasn't prepared for this. So I feel like at church and at home, preparing our minds for anything, you know, putting our minds on the Lord can help us destroy distractions, you know, race to pray before things can get to you in the morning. One of the things that we do in our home is we put our phone on airplane mode. My husband will say, that'll take you to new heights, you know, and like you're getting on an airplane. It's going to take you to a whole new level. When you Mm -hmm. put your phone on airplane mode and you're praying without the distractions of your phone before anything else. And, you know, honestly, even if my kids get up, um, you know, when, when I'm at home and praying, I have to still be intentional. I have to say, mom's praying right now, or, you know, I'm reading my Bible right now. I need five more minutes. I need 10 more minutes. Right. And I might have to stop and help get them something that would occupy them. But it's, it's so important that we don't just say, well, there goes that, you know, if we can help it, if we can help it, then to be so intentional. But the other thing is to identify the enemy, because sometimes we can come into church and we will be completely fine. But then we get into church and we get, we start feeling tired. We kind of feel heavy. We're feeling emotional and we don't even know why. And that's the beautiful thing about music is it, it breaks things. It is spiritual. That's why it matters what kind of music we listen to. You know, it's spiritual. It, it will break things. And maybe you don't have words to pray in that moment, but you start singing and worshiping in the middle of a, a worship service. Even if you don't know how to pray, you're worshiping and singing with all your heart. And it, you are in fact, breaking things in the atmosphere. You're praising the Lord. You're letting him know that he is worthy and you're destroying the enemy. The enemy wants to distract us with so many things, you know, when we're able to break past that and just worship, be so intentional to worship, then we are defeating the enemy. And that is, you know, that's what's all about. <laughs> we want to defeat him. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I love all of those points. And I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, being intentional and even if, you know, even if you have to put your phone on airplane mode, you know, when you're at home and you need to pray, 
there definitely has been times where I was just not feeling good. So I just kind of did not do my morning devotion routine routine. And I felt it. You feel that guilt and that heaviness. Yeah. Mainly because you know what you should have done. But also, there's been things that, like you were saying, I was not prepared for at 8.30 in the morning to be talking about or even thinking about, you know, the stuff on social media. Sometimes news kind of flashes up and you're like, do I really want to talk politics at 8.30 in the morning? Who wants to do that? Very special people are wired that way. (laughs) Normal people usually are not wired that way to be just so full of contention and wanting to, you know, debate at like 830 in the morning. And um, so I, I figured out that, you know, we have to understand, like you were saying, understand yourself, understand maybe if you have anxiety, maybe you have some triggers for certain things and just know that you want to be prepared by getting yourself in the presence of God and allowing him to work in you so that whatever you face, even if you make a mistake that day, you're, you will default to praying and talking to him about it during the day instead of feeling like you don't know where to look. You don't know what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that actually reminds me of a day that we, we had a big event and there was a a different kind of distraction that got to me (laughs) that day. And it was just a simple text that really didn't, uh, there was no elaboration on it. You know, it was Mm -hmm. a text I got that was very random and from somebody that I didn't talk to very, very often that said, I really need to talk to you. And it was, I don't, it was so vague, but for some reason it got in my head Mm -hmm. and I thought, what have I done? Did I do something to offend? And and I'm telling my husband, what, I need to call her right now and find out, is is there something wrong? Did I, you know, what is happening? And, and he would, he looked at me and said, you need to call this for what it is. It's probably nothing but this is meant to distract you today. Go ahead and text and ask that way, you know, if it's anything, you know, to worry about, you know, Mm -hmm. and if it is, then we'll pray about it and get through today and then focus on it. And I did, I sent a text and said, Hey, just wanted to know, is everything okay? That sort of thing. And I got more of a response in the next message where it was very positive. But if oh, I had not sent that text and asked, yeah. it would yeah. have been in my head the rest of the day right? because I don't even know it was such a vague message, but you know, especially as girls, we can really let things get <laughs> to us and it can be nothing. But that was such a, yeah, it was a spiritual moment, but I had to identify it for what it was and, and receive peace to, you know, get through our service that night, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a, that's something we have to work on is, it's just identifying things, you know, calling it, calling it out for what it is, not 
you know, calling anybody out, but just calling a situation out and right <laughs> and examining it. Is this something that I really need to worry about in the moment? Or is it something I need to pray about right now? Is it something mm-hmm. that can wait till tomorrow or after church, you know, and just compartmentalize it? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That definitely makes sense, especially as ladies. I know I have multiple people who listen to this who are men. Thank you for the two that are out there. But um, as ladies, you know, we tend to kind of make up a story. Like all of a sudden we are picturing right? like <laughs> the conversation that we're having with them. And just by them texting, you know, I need to talk to you yeah, or, you know, something simple already in your mind, you're at the hospital praying for them. You know, like you're like there, yeah. <laughs> like in like the worst possible right situation and you're like then your mind just start starts worrying about like people you love and it just I mean it just snowballs like whatever and um and I totally agree and that's such a brilliant you know first of all observation and very wise for you know Nathan to say that to you in that moment because I don't think a lot of people would and I think it is true that sometimes we have that urgency to act uh when we have like this distraction come up even though we have a responsibility to do something else in that moment yeah and when we're dealing with people we're dealing with souls we're we're part of the body of christ and we're trying to reach the lost this is going to happen a lot people are going to want your attention and they're going to probably want you to do it right now (laughs) yeah And we have to understand that, um, especially as moms, you know, our families come first and we have to be careful not to dismiss their needs for the needs of somebody else, especially if it's not urgent and just doing a follow-up question, just getting a little bit more information so that we can evaluate how to respond. That's a really great uh, piece of advice. So the next question is very personal. So obviously use discernment, however (laughs) you would like, but I really felt on my heart to ask you this because I think a lot of people who obviously followed your journey, you know, you and Nathan are very prominent apostolic singers and voices, and we appreciate you guys so very much. And I think there's this kind of church celebrity status that people put on each other. They kind of put people in in this different category of nothing bad probably ever happens to them because they're anointed and they're following their call. Even though we're all human and we're flesh and we live on this earth. And if you live on this earth for more than five minutes, you should know that that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to know if you ever had a moment in the last few years where you did not feel like praising God. And if you have, how did that unfold for you? So this is quite a story. Um, Parts of it I have shared openly and other parts of, of this story I have not. And I've kept it more on a local level and there's certain people that have heard me talk about it, but I do feel like it's really important to share. And, and this is a whole nother conversation, but I also feel that 
sometimes sharing part of your story comes when you have received healing, when you have healed from things. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful that God has spoken healing into my life. But I will tell you that I will never forget the season that I realized I could worship my way through anything. And it was 2016. It was January. Nathan and I lost our first baby. It was Mm -hmm. unexpected and absolutely devastating. And we went on, so we went on on a Monday morning and there was no heartbeat. We took the week and just grieved, you know, but I had to decide if I was going to blame God or praise God. And that was, you know, I really did trust him. I trusted him through that. I never truly felt like this is all God's fault. Why would he, Mm -hmm. why would he do this now? I'm not going to say I didn't question the purpose of it, but you know, I did have to really think about how am I going to respond? Because everyone knew that we were going to have a baby and now everyone, almost everyone was about to know that we were not. And people that didn't know, you know, that was hard too. of, um, Mm -hmm. so when, you know, when are you having the baby? So that was a Monday morning. We took the week off to just really think and, and really grieve. And we went to church that following Sunday morning. And honestly, it was very hard to even walk in the doors because even though I think everyone that day had already known, we, we were not at church that midweek and our, you know, our pastor is my father-in-law. It's Nathan's uh, parents. And So they were able to communicate that, you know, but people do mean well when you suffer a loss and sometimes it can come across in a way that doesn't settle well when you're Mm -hmm. grieving, you know, I remember making up my mind that day that I was not going to blame God for my loss. I was going to thank him that he was going to help me get through it. And he was not surprised by anything that had happened. And he was not surprised by anything that was going to happen a few weeks later. So that Sunday, I made up my mind. I was going to worship like I wouldn't have another chance. I didn't care who was there. I didn't care who was not there. All I knew was that I needed the Lord to know that I was going to worship him regardless of my circumstance. And at that moment, it was quite you know devastating. Mm-hmm. Several weeks later after that, I found out that my parents who had been married for 25 years we're getting a divorce wow. and it was on a Sunday afternoon and, um, and I went to church that evening, not able to talk about it. Um, I, I couldn't tell anybody. I made it through the whole service. We barely got there on time. I believe we made it to our rehearsals, went through the whole service and I'm just sitting there stunned at a complete loss. Mm-hmm. And I had, I just had to choose again how I was going to respond. I, I may not have, to be honest, I don't really remember much. I probably did not worship as intensely as I could have. Sure. Because I was so stunned, you know, but I do remember again, I'm going to trust the Lord through this. And it was a really hard trust because 
um, as a result of that, I went into a season of, so I, I had grief, I had postpartum right. feelings, you know, and right. then I had confusion. Was everything a lie? Was my entire life a lie? Like so yeah. many emotions and feelings and things that I had to sort out. And for me, and this is just me being completely transparent, maybe too transparent, but it was, I mean, when you go through so much loss at one time, unbelievable mm -hmm. things that you weren't expecting, you know, yeah, start questioning, can I make it? Mm -hmm. Can I make it through this? Can I make it in my marriage? Can I handle any more grief? So for me, that particular season, I, I really had never gone through anything like that. I, I hadn't really dealt with much loss than the first six months of that year that it just seemed like what was going to happen next and I'll spare you all of the other things. But those were the two biggest personally. And I'm telling you, I couldn't shake it from my spirit. I couldn't shake hearing the word worship me and in spirit and in truth, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, you know, bless his name. And I just, I couldn't get away from that. And, you know, I'm thankful that the word was spoken over me my whole life. So I knew that God was not surprised by anything that was happening. And I felt like it was such a, you know, it was more than just a personal attack in that season. And I know that there were a lot of people affected and, and I know that, but I'm just, you know, stating from my personal feelings and emotions at that time that, you know, everything that happened that year caused me to go into a thought process of where do I go from here? What's, what do I do next? You know, can, can I make it through? And I know that there are so many people that go through things and that's how they're feeling too. And, and especially if you are, you know, and I know that we don't really love talking about this anymore. We, we want it to just all disappear, but especially if you are kind of isolated, you know, um, if you're not as connected in to the church as, as you used to be before, you know, the pandemic, right. And we can get to a place. And for me, this was before the pandemic. This was, you know, uh, six years ago, five, six years ago. For me, it was, um, it was the beginning of a journey. But I will say this. Everything that we went through, we worked hard to trust the Lord and make sure that any lie of the enemy was put to rest. There, there, we were not going to entertain those lies. And th that was part of the process of learning to identify the enemy and his tactics. And when you're praying, it, it's easier to do that. And when you are accountable to your spiritual leadership, to your pastor, and you're talking to them, it's easier to do that. But I'll tell you what happened. And it's a, it, it's a testimony for sure. We went through months of, um, of really just evaluating what, what are we doing? Especially for me. I know for me personally, right. I was trying to figure out who I was, what this meant for me and how I was going to go on. And it just seemed like everything was still, it was just frozen. 
there wasn't anything happening and we were just kind of going through the motions, but we sought the Lord. We, we worked so hard to seek the Lord. And in August of that year, Nathan came to me and he said, I feel like we need to go and record some songs. And I truly did not have words. <laughs> right. I, I just kind of looked at him and I thought, what? And he, uh, he said, I feel like God has put certain songs on my heart. He songs he had written years before that. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned to him that he should record them, but it was always, you know, just no, no, you know, these, these were written in a season and, and I love singing them, but I don't know if I could record them kind of thing. I knew when he was having that conversation with me that it was, it was the Lord. Yeah. And he said, I already know where we are supposed to go. I know what studio we're supposed to record it in. I w- I think we need to go in January. Let's work. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I don't know what to do. This is all a brand new world, but I feel like we are go- at a standstill until we do this. This is what the Lord wants us to do. <laughs> what was I supposed to say? <laughs> that was so scary for me because yeah. that's like, um, you know, it's just kind of a dream, but it's like a pipe dream, you know, where mm-hmm. like, Oh, that would be so cool to do. You know, I've, I've been singing. I like to sing. Um, I, and this is again, this, I feel like I'll say this a few times, but this is a whole nother story. But at that time I did not consider myself to be a, a songwriter at all. I, I barely, um, pass as a good musician to be perfectly honest. And, um, I know there's people that might say, no, Rachel, you shouldn't say that. And I, and I get that. I, I am, you know, self-taught and with, with the exception of a few things that my mom taught me as a, as a kid, but there are, you know, so many talented musicians. And, um, and so I don't, I don't like comparing myself to them <laughs> at all, but you know, so this was a whole new world and yeah. we went in and we started contacting, uh, people asking for advice and we contacted a producer uh, his name's Joe Salamita out of Vanquish Studios in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We didn't know him. We, I don't even know that I had ever been to Fort Lauderdale at that point. And we set a date and decided to go. <laughs> and he helped us through a whole process. And this is so crazy, but it is part of the story, a restoration story. Um, but the last day we were there, Oh, I'll back up a little bit. We got there and things were all falling apart. I mean, of it was course. wild. Of it was course. wild. <laughs> the first day we had no sleep and, uh, and we checked into a hotel room and tried to get some sleep. And they decided that that was the time to blow leaves right outside our door and test the fire alarms. And it was, oh it was my funny. Gosh. It was truly comical, but we felt such a peace about being there. And on the last day, we woke up to leave and I had a dream. This is, this is so wild. I still can't believe it. It still sounds so silly to even tell. Um, but I do feel like, you know, it's part of it. But I had this dream that I was holding a baby in my arms and I woke up to hearing the words, this is a healthy baby. And 
and it was so real. You know, that newborn smell, I could smell it. It was, it was a very wild (laughs) dream. And I just, I woke up and Nathan was already packing stuff up and I just looked at him and he, he said, are you okay? I'm like, you are not going to believe this. I don't even know what this means. And it was just, it was a incredible story where God instantly confirmed. Now we can move forward. Now we can heal. And, um, and we did, we, I started healing from things. I started being able to forgive. I started being able to rid my heart of, of, of resentment in, in things. Mm. And, and that, you know, again, we're going back to just being transparent here because you can look at people and think they've never dealt with those things. And that's not true. Right. It's not true. Cause like I said, we're human and sometimes tragedies situations, life circumstances can cause us to have feelings in our hearts that we don't want to have that are not godly but it takes the Lord to help us heal from those things and rid ourselves of those things. Sometimes God puts things in our lives to help rid us of things that's in, that is in our hearts that we don't even know is there. Mm-hmm. And that for me was the beginning of a season helping me. Yeah. And so for me, I am, I feel like I just can't not praise God. I know that might sound crazy, but I, because he has proven himself to be faithful to me. And I trust that no matter how awful a situation may get, that he will get us through it. He will get me through it. I've got to believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rachel, that was, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us. I know that that's very hard to relive both of those things and you know just everything that comes with grief is so very heavy and so I really appreciate your vulnerability sharing that because there is somebody out there right now who needed that and I think that is the beautiful thing about us being humans is because we can share stories that other people relate to And I think that the beautiful thing about our God becoming a man is he can relate to that pain as well. Right. He understands exactly what we're going through. And that's definitely a God worth worshiping. And I, it's just amazing to hear how God still works even after these incredibly painful seasons. And when you're in it, you truly, like you said, you don't think, you you can't see a solution because you're grieving, you're mourning. And when we experience loss, we're not thinking logical. Right. And we have to be careful having expectations on a, on ourselves in those seasons that just aren't realistic. And I've shared, you know, on the podcast, my seasons of grief in the last few years and how that led me to the new book. And I related to, 
your emotions in these stories just so closely. And I, and I know that people are listening and they're relating to it as well. So thank you so much. I know um, sometimes we want to keep those really sad parts just close by because they're just so personal and, and they just feel just so tender still um, sometimes. And it's like, I want to keep that safe. Yeah. Close to me. And God sometimes has a way of saying, well, (laughs) not everything has to be shared, but there's certain things that God really has a way of just saying, if you share that, you're going to help somebody else heal. Right, right. And so there were a lot of things that you have answered already in the different questions that I kind of had laid out. So I just wanted to know, following up now after this discussion and after you sharing your heart, for right now, what does praising God mean to you? You know, uh, we went into the new year um, very sick (laughs) this Mm -hmm. year. (laughs) We were pretty sick. And it's funny because it was such a bummer. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But it was such a special um, time at home to sit and and we couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> we couldn't do anything. We were so sick. But to really think about what do we want this year to look like? What do we want to happen? What kind of goals? And, and we do that every year. But it was just kind of different because... I felt like we just had no choice but to be still right. and it wasn't tackling goals like with hype and energy and okay, let's, um, let's set dreams and goals and just demolish them this year. You know, it was, what does God want us to do? How does he want us to minister where does, you know, how does he want us to grow? What areas do we need to grow in? That sort of thing. And it was such a a beautiful week where we got to just be still and listen. <laughs> it, it sounds so crazy, but yeah, I felt like the Lord put on my heart in that time this year, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> And you keep living for the Lord and you keep praising and you keep worshiping. And I get emotional when I think about it. You just don't give up. Mm-hmm. That's what I went into this year feeling like for myself, but for anyone that would listen to me, tell them, don't give up. Don't stop praising God. Don't give up on him. And he, cause he's not giving up on you. He never has. He isn't, and he never will. And I feel it's so deeply in my soul and in my heart that God is for us. Mm-hmm. And we cannot let the lies of the enemy and the yes. lies of the world and the culture dictate yeah. any differently because yeah. it's not true. So praising the Lord <laughs> is, a, 
it's a deep feeling for me because when I go to church, I'm not going to just sit there. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let words of, of anybody get me to put any distance between me and God. I'm not going to let circumstances separate me from the love of Jesus. You know, again, just so many verses yeah, that just go through my mind in, in, in the moment, you know, there's a verse that I have held on to, especially in the last two years. And it talks about casting down imaginations, you know, yeah. and, um, and just the, the, the words that, you know, um, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal and talking about being spiritually minded, but yes. we really have to cast down imaginations. We can't, we, we just talked about this a few minutes ago, how, especially as, um, as ladies, we can really, um, we can really make up a big story we that, can in our really minds. We can, <laughs> we can, we can assume the absolute worst. Yeah. We can just, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we have to be careful what we entertain in our minds and our imaginations can run wild in all kinds of ways. But I do believe that praising God, you praise him until you break through, you break through things, you break down walls, you break chains, you break the chains in your life and you break chains in other people's life. Because, you know, I have a, a prodigal in my, in my family that has been a prodigal for a couple of years now. And every chance I get, I praise God because I'm going to see him come home. I'm going to see him come home. And there's a lot of, of chains that need to be broken in that situation. And I believe with all of my heart that my praise to God will break those chains. Yes. And then when he's ready, his praise is going to break the rest of them. Whatever, whatever I may not have been able to pray about and, and touch heaven about, he will be able to, but our praise is important for ourselves and it's important for others. And I can talk about this forever. I'm going to stop right there. But I just, I really want to be encouraging that not to never stop praising God, to go to church when the doors are open and to worship with all your heart, even if it's not in your personality, worship however you can. And sometimes it means pushing beyond comfort. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you're really tired. I, I get it. I, especially I can say that I've been to some Sunday mornings where I've been tired, but Wednesday nights I have gone in a lot of times tired. I, I used to work a job where I didn't get off work until seven o'clock and church started at seven 30. And I got there just as church was starting and I had worked 11 hours and I was so tired and didn't want to, I get it. And sometimes wow. kids yeah. can be crazy and make us extra, you know, extra tired. But, but the point is that even if you don't feel like it, give God what you can. Just give him all. He, you know, really, he gave us all. He gave us all. <laughs> and we it's our job to give all in return. That's why we're here. That's why we were created is for him, for God. So we just have to give our all. I love that so very much. That is so encouraging. And that, I mean, 
Okay. <laughs> We're about to have a praise break right now. Hey, that's okay. I'm all oh about it. <laughs> gosh, I love that. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, this is the reason why we are here. We are to give him honor and praise. We are to be the light in the darkness. And sometimes we can get overwhelmed because we see so much darkness. But that's right. That is why Jesus is so gracious and he's allowed for his spirit to dwell inside of us. Yeah. And I'm just reminded, you know, uh, God's putting it in my mind. We as a family, my boys and I in our devotional during the day when daddy's at work, we've been just going through the Bible chronologically, you know, as best as I can, you know, kid friendly. Uh, There's some parts I don't share because they're just little, (laughs) but I want them to get the concepts for the main stories and the characters and the life lessons of these real people that went through some stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, I love to me, a a lot of people love the new Testament because it's Jesus and it's amazing. And yeah, of course it's Jesus coming, you know, in flesh, but I love the old Testament. The more I read Mm. the different parts of what happened, the more I see God's goodness and the more I see why Jesus did what he did. And I'm reminded, and I just said this, this past week during devotion of the temple and how God gave spe- you know specifications for this temple to be built. Yeah. And he allowed for his people to build this temple. And I was able to share with the with my boys that we are now the temple. Yeah. That we no longer have to worry about the high priest going in and doing all these ritualistic things to, to touch the presence of God, that in every moment we can touch the presence of God. And that's just such a powerful thought. And I said, we still need church. We still need community. We still need the body of Christ, but the actual temple is us and how God, and I got to explain how his spirit that's what the Holy Ghost is. It's, it's living inside of us. When we receive that, how can we not give him praise? Yeah. Just, just thinking about who he is and what he's done on that cross is more than enough. And that's right. He's, he, he was so good then, but obviously his love is so much bigger that he allows us to have promises come to pass. He allows us to have dreams that unfold. He allows us even more blessings than what he did on the cross. The cross was enough. If that's all that he ever did, that's enough, obviously. But he's still with us every day, walking through our dark times with us. And that is just mind-boggling to think that he could have chosen so many other different ways to connect with his people and this is what he has chosen to do and I just love that so very much and I'm just so grateful Mm -hmm. for you and 
I definitely needed that reminder today. And I'm just so pumped. I hope everybody after listening to this is going to just march into service on Sunday and just give him all you got because he really deserves that for sure. Amen. Amen. I wanted to just ask one more question before closing. And I really know that we have been talking about some very difficult things. Um, This one probably is going to be even more difficult because I want to know, has there been one song (laughs) (laughs) recently that has been your go-to for peace in your spirit? So this is kind of a funny answer. I feel really weird uh, (laughs) (laughs) explaining this, but I do have a lot of songs that that have been go-tos, you know, for when I need it. But I, I will say that this one is the one that caught me off guard. And I told you earlier that I have not considered myself to be a songwriter. So that's kind of a, a fun fact, I guess, about me in the last, um, you know, five, uh, six years now of recording music, releasing originals, you know, that have my name on them, Nathan and Rachel. And I can't, (laughs) you know, I don't ever feel right putting my name on them. So, um, so that's why this is still strange to me, but (laughs) I have, I had a song in my head that was a (laughs) go-to and I kept hearing it over and over when I would be praying about something praying that I need peace. I need answers. I need direction. It was another season of feeling very still, just self-reflecting and trying to figure out what was next, you know? And I felt like the Lord kept putting a song on my heart and I kept hearing the words, you will take care, you will always take care of me over and over and over. And it was so familiar and it was driving me crazy because I did not remember the rest of the song. I only remembered that part. And I kept asking people, what is this song? I need to know what the rest of the song is because God is using this song to minister to me. And I finally, (laughs) I finally asked, I guess the right person. So we had Frankie Taylor from California in for a youth weekend at our church. And he came over to our home for dinner. And so he and Nathan and I were sitting in our living room, just visiting. And again, that was, it, it was about two months at that point of that song, just in my head. Mm -hmm. And I asked him who sings this song. And he said, Rachel, I've never heard that song before. And then it hit him all of a sudden. He said, Rachel, this needs to be a song. And so he runs to my piano and Nathan pulls up a chair. And 15 minutes later, we had a song called you will take care. And I know that that is a song of peace in my life. And if, if it was not for anyone else, not yet that night we had, like I said, the song written 
and Nathan immediately sent it to our producer and said, I want to record this song, you know, let's record it ASAP. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. But if that song was not for anyone else, it was speaking into my life because I really needed it. I needed the reminder. You will take care. You will always take care of me in my weakness. You are still strong when I'm broken. Somehow I still fit in your hands. You know, talking about how he heals us and restores us and men's broken hearts. And I, I sing that song all the time. And it sounds so funny to say that because, um, you know, you would think that you may just sing it here or there. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's still, it's still weird to me that God has allowed me to write a song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm still trying to get used to that, but, but that song definitely has been my song of peace over for a year now for a year. That's awesome. And you know what? It's a reminder that it's a song that he literally dropped into your mind. He dropped, you know, into your lap for you as a personal song. And it is kind of mind boggling that you got to share it with everybody. And I am thankful for that. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Praise God. It was an incredible experience. And if you haven't been able to figure out in in this last, um, you know, hour, I really love God. I love him (laughs) so much. And I am so blown away that he has blessed me. I just Mm -hmm. don't understand it. I really don't. I don't, I'm, I'm just nobody to get to do these things. And yet he has given me opportunities like that and I get to share it with other people. And that, that's amazing. That's, that's just, it makes me, makes me feel special. (laughs) Well, Rachel, you definitely are very special to me. And I know to those listening, we, you know, just, I mean, we really appreciate you and Nathan and your music ministry. It has been such a blessing to the apostolic movement and to just, you know, people in general um, who just need songs about the Lord and encouragement through worship and praise. And so I just want to thank you for being on the podcast for I mean, sharing your heart, sharing your stories that are just so personal. I know you didn't have to. We talked about this earlier. Share however much you're comfortable with. And so I am grateful that you were comfortable sharing that with us. And um, I really I really am just blown away by our conversation, by by hearing you and and you really ministered to me in ways I wasn't prepared for. And so I'm so thankful and grateful for that. The Lord is just so good. He knows exactly what we need at the right time. And um, please share with us where everybody can find you, Nathan, and your music online. So you can you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can uh, on on, uh, Instagram. It's under Nathan and Rachel Music and. Uh, and then on Facebook, you can type in Nathan and the, the plus sign, Rachel, and it'll come up. You can follow those pages. 
Um, our music is on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, um, and we have chord charts and stems all available on our website, nathanandrachel.org, or you can send us a DM, contact us personally for resources. And it, I mean, you can find, I think you can find it just about anywhere digital music is released. And if there's a new one, if there's a new digital platform, let us know because we'll get it there too. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you, Rachel, for being here with me today. It was truly an honor and a blessing. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to. I loved this. I loved getting to have a conversation with you. And it was about my favorite thing, the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at HelloAwesomeLive. I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome and shop inspirational products, head to helloawesome.live using the promo code HELLO10 for 10% off your next purchase. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.